Today on Locked On Canadians, your first listen of the day, we have a very special guest joining us to talk about the Seattle Kraken as we preview tonight's game and we look ahead to what's going on in the Canadian schedule. That's coming up in just one moment. You're Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to episode 475 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined once again by my co-host Scott Matla, who was away last week and uh, who I missed and is finally back. And we had a great episode yesterday recapping the win uh, against Detroit. So check it out if you have not. In the meantime, Scott, how are you doing today? I had the Mondayest of Mondays. <laughs> um, it, it was a rude awakening to get back to work and I forgot how much I walk on a daily basis. So my feet hurt and I fell asleep for an hour and a half after I got home and almost forgot that, oh, I have to record a podcast for our wonderful listeners and with our fantastic guests today. And then had to search around for like actual things to put on, like because I'm a disheveled adult right now on this Monday evening. <laughs> we are all disheveled adults on a Monday evening. And let's get to that fantastic guest. If you've been listening to the show for long enough, you will remember Marissa and Jemmy previously residing and covering the Boston Bruins, residing in Boston, and is now covering the Seattle Kraken for the Seattle Times, which is so cool. Hi, Marissa. How are you doing? Welcome back to the show. Hello. I am doing well for also being a disheveled adult on a Monday evening. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so, so excited that you could fit us in your busy schedule because how exciting is it to cover like a brand new team? Like everything you do is basically covering history right now. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty wild because it's a lot different like covering the Bruins. That's a team that's existed basically forever. I mean, at least in my understanding of how forever works. So now it's an entirely new team. Uh, nobody knows what's going on. We're all figuring it out as we go. So it's um, it's a lot different. It's super cool, though, because you remember, like, we're never going to do this again. There's so few people who have ever done this. So um, it's been really incredible. Like, it's weird to, like, take a step back and be like, this is wild because we're all doing it. And it's crazy and busy all the time. But it really is, like, really awesome. And this is, this is your life. Your life is so cool. But, uh, <laughs> I think like the one thing that uh, I really, really wanted to talk about today is I'm going to use the word vibes and also the word identity, much as being made of, you know, the Canadians, they don't have an identity. That's why they, they lost, you know, five games in a row to start the season. And now like everybody's like freaking out about the identity of the Leafs because they're underperforming dramatically. And the rest of us are pointing and laughing. But Isn't that what I, the identity of the Leafs is, though? What is the identity of the Leafs? Just being a mess. <laughs> <laughs> this just, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, but, you know, it's not a mess, though. Is and, and this is the thing is that that I, right now, like, we talked about it when the expansion draft happened. I can't really tell exactly what the identity is, but you've covered them through the preseason and the first six games is going to be game seven against Montreal. What right now would you say the Kraken's identity is? What is their style of play? What can Canadians fans expect from the Kraken? 
They're still figuring out a lot because they've only played six games ever. The preseason was kind of all over the place. It was a COVID breakout. They're still getting their defensive systems in place. But I think that the, the thread, the consistent thread out of every game, except for the game in Philly where they lost six to one, just like changing time zones. And that was just kind of crazy at the end there. But for the most part, the consistent thread has been they're a tough team to play against. They don't really, even though they've blown two third period leads, they've really just played a really um if not a full 60 minutes, just a consistent type of game where they they forecheck so aggressively, um, especially uh, guys like Jordan Eberle, Jaden Schwartz, they create so many turnovers in their offensive end. Um, they've also, they're also a team that adapts pretty well. Like at the end of the road trip, uh, the five game road trip to start the year, uh, they were really struggling on transition defense and they're playing the neutral zone. And just a couple practices later, they really seem to have nailed that down. So it's a tenacious team. They don't really give in easily, even when, Things tend to snowball a little bit. They do a really good job of just sticking with things. So I think that is a team throughout the year that um, they're not going to make it easy for anyone. And the Canadians will have their work cut out for them, which is something that we are going to talk about uh, in, in the next segment. But first, real quick, a couple of like questions right off the bat. Would you say their style is more defensive or would it be more speed and skill? I think that the way they're constructed, the intent is to be a better defensive team. They've given up a lot of high danger chances early on. And I think some of that is just the defensive pairings kind of being all over the place. Um, just getting that consistency there. I think that the way they played against Vancouver, especially in the first two periods, the home opener on Saturday night, looks a lot like what the Kraken defensive identity is, is supposed to be when they play with that type of a purpose. Um, they only allowed, I think, two high danger chances for the Canucks all night, none in the first period, which is the first time they did that all season. Um, when their defense is working well, they're a really good transition defense. They do a great job with their zone exits, um, and that really creates a lot of their offense. I think that their scoring ability is better than people probably give them credit for, just because one glance at the roster, you don't really see that like high end, um, typical uh, top six elite forward, but. Yanni Gord has a ceiling to be that. I think Cal Yarncroft, now that he's back from uh, his COVID situation, is someone who's going to score a lot more than people expect. Eberle and Schwartz are really good players. So I think the offense is going to come, but I think a lot of that's going to come from their defense and the way they move through the neutral zone. So I think that, uh, like, like I said, what we saw Saturday night defensively is a lot closer to this type of style of play that the Kraken are going to play consistently. That's what I love about having you on the show is that you anticipated my next question and answered it before I even asked it, <laughs> <laughs> which I absolutely love. But I want to get a little bit into the nitty gritty of the game and what the Canadians are going to have to do to counter all of that. And that's coming up in just one moment but first we are back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before bet online rem remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive that bonus from basketball football baseball postseason nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. And don't forget that promo code is locked on. Bet online where the game starts. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. 
Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. And today, what we're doing is we are previewing the Canadians game tonight against the Seattle Kraken. And we have our very special guests, Marissa and Jemmy, friend of the show, and also covering the Seattle Kraken for the Seattle Times. Every time I say that, I don't know if you can hear me smiling. I'm just so happy for you that you get to do this. Thank you. (laughs) Um, It's so nice. It's awesome. And it's so cool. And I think it's so well deserved. And and I think one of the things that I think fans are going to get to know, and we're going to talk a little bit about this aspect of it uh, later in the show today. But right now, everything is new. Everything is exciting. Everything is kind of being viewed through the lens of like, how are they making this expansion team thing work? But the Canadians right now, they are five, sorry, they are one and five. I was going to say five and one. And I was like, that does not sound right. (laughs) They're one and five right now. So whether or not, you know, the atmosphere in the game is great or not, like the Canadians really need to pick up points anywhere that they possibly can. And tonight's game is going to be one of them. And as you were talking in the first segment, I was getting a little bit nervous because you were talking about, oh, they're really tough to play against. And I'm like, well, the Canadians, the last couple of games have been wilting at the sign of adversity. And then you're like, oh, they create a lot of turnovers. I was like, what a coincidence. The Canadians turn the puck over a lot. Uh, but they did manage to pick up a lot of, st- uh, a lot of, um, I guess, get their game a lot more together in the last few games. And it didn't really look that, it looked like that, uh against Carolina but they were doing things right and eventually it built up to a point where they were able to put a good game together uh and the the thing with the Canadians is I think they're going to be the opposite of the Kraken in that they've got like highly offensively offensively skilled players I'm not to say they're elite superstars or anything like that but if you look at their top nine that's actually a pretty good team if you look at it offensively but their defense is going to be lacking so the canadians we expected all along and we're hoping that it's still the case they're going to be run and gun if they lose games they're going to lose with like a high they're going to lose but still have scored a high number of goals in those games so that's something that i'm very very curious to see how this plays out against seattle because i do think that seattle like over the course of the year it's exactly like you said they do seem like they're going to be a tough challenge. And for a team like the Canadians that right now they really need every point and every bit of confidence that they can get. I'm trying to figure out what is the weakness on the Kraken that the Canadians may or may not be able to exploit. The bigger, the biggest weakness so far, and this is something that I think can get resolved just kind of with time a little bit. And we saw this on Saturday night. uh, They just don't quite have the offensive finish yet. So they generated a lot of chances against the Canucks and Thatcher Demko, um, their goalie made for the Canucks, made a lot of really nice saves with really nice plays, but it's kind of been a consistent threat a little bit so far. And I think Ward being back in the lineup for the long term is going to help this quite a bit. But the Kraken keep getting these chances that are not really generating. They're like in the middle of the pack in the league as far as generating high danger chances, but they're near the bottom in, in actually finishing on those. 
So at some that that started to bite them a bit against Vancouver because the Canucks were able to come back and they really just exploited about two mistakes that the Kraken made that entire game they took advantage of and the Kraken didn't really do that. So something they need to do a lot better is just get that finish there. And that's a personnel thing too. And I think guys like Morton Geeky and some of those younger players who have that upside, that's going to come around for them. But it, it leaves some standing points on the board for them early on in the season, which can be a little bit frustrating. But I think that's a way other teams can exploit them a little bit as they're coming together is if they just kind of uh, take advantage of a couple mistakes to crack and still try to figure out their defensive systems, they can kind of rely on for now that the Kraken are not going to take advantage of every chance that they get. I, I suppose my other thing is too, is that the Canadians now are coming off a game where they, they finally found their feet a little bit and have that confidence back And uh, Seattle had a, a tough home opener. Like they played well and then it kind of slipped away a little bit at the end there. Are the Kraken deep enough through the forward core? Because we've talked about it that Montreal has a, a, a nice amount uh, through the forward core to make three to four, three and a half nice scoring lines. Is there one kind of matchup that you think the Kraken are going to kind of hone in on? Are they just going to focus on Nick Suzuki like other teams have and, you know, hope that some of their other lines can handle like the Matthew Perot Cole Caulfield matchup or something similar? Yeah, I, mean, I think that the Kraken are out in position right now where they're still just getting used to each other so much. I'm not sure they're even hyper-focusing on what other teams are doing so much. Um, like, their defensive pairings have kind of been a little bit all over the map. I think they're pretty consistent with Alexiak and Giordano together for now, and they're always going to get those top minutes, and they're going to be in those situations against um, elite forwards like Nick Suzuki. Um they're a very good forward-checking team throughout, so I don't think it matters which forward line is out there. Like, uh, the top line earlier in the year was Eberle and Schwartz, and that was just such a tenacious line. Like, they were just uh, – they were putting on so much pressure. I think something they did well on Saturday actually was turning the dial back onto forecheck, like, just a notch so they were able to get back into the neutral zone a little better and uh, just kind of stop uh, transition from, from the Canucks a little bit more. So uh, I, I think that they have a lot of guys who can go up and, and take the puck away. Um, I think those forwards do a really good job as well in their defensive end. And uh, one thing they did against Max really well, too, is just holding them to the outside and not really allowing them into that slot area, which they struggled with earlier on. So uh, matchup-wise, I can't really predict like exactly how they're going to do it. But I think the Kraken are a team that no matter what forward line is out there, they're going to at least really challenge um, uh, the top offensive players for the Canadians. Sounds like it'll be a good test for the Habs then. Who, I mean, they've been tested early on, but this is another one. One, it's the West Coast. They never, ever play well on the West Coast, unfortunately. It's a new building and everything. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, respond after this win there. And it feels like Seattle has all the pieces there to make it tough on them. Even if Montreal comes out with a win, like it's not going to be... It, it won't be earned without, you know, some blood, sweat, and tears a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I mean, from the Kraken perspective, it, it feels like that even if it, it – it might take them a little bit for everything to come together. Like, after the game against Vancouver, that's a loss where they gave up a third-period lead, and the attitude was still like they took steps. Like, everyone kind of felt like they made significant progress even in that game. So, I think they're just kind of uh, – sounds like such a cliche, lame hockey answer, and I hate saying it, but they're, like, taking it one game at a time, kind of, to just figure out, like, how do they want to approach these games. And their practice time has been so important. That's something that really hurt them uh, during the road trip. They just didn't really get the opportunity to practice much, and their lineup was such in flux during that time. And when they had their two practices when they came back before the Canucks game, they really took advantage of that. So um, 
I think they're just a type of a team that's really just adapting themselves and um, whatever the Canadians present them with, that's just an, like, I don't, I don't think they're overthinking like who they're playing as much as they're thinking, how, how do they want to play their game? And maybe a few months from now, that's advanced a little bit more. Every, every everything the Canadians have done this far this season, other than the Detroit game, has given me more and more reasons to distrust them. And the West Coast road swing always goes badly for them. So I think for me, I just I really don't want to be staying up until but o'clock <laughs> in the morning for a disaster. Like if they make it competitive, like I'm enjoying the aspect of they're going to Seattle. Like I'm gonna get to see a game because I was at the Canadians game on Saturday. So I and, and then I went out, so I couldn't actually watch the first home opener. Uh, and I was so excited for that. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see the um, the whole matchup. But I, I just really hope the Canadians don't keep us up late for nothing. <laughs> and in the meantime, I wanted to talk a little bit about that home opener, about the vibe in Seattle. I keep using the word vibe, and I think that's a Mercer influence um, <laughs> and, and all of that. And that's coming. And, and Scott has an important debate point. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, remember that rockauto.com is the only place you should be looking for anything to do with your car, whether it's parts or accessories. Rockauto.com will have it all no matter what your car is. Just enter your car's make, model, and year. And that includes if you're driving a classic or your daily driver, a car you bought two weeks ago. Just go to rockauto.com, enter the make, model, and year. There's a drop-down catalog that's so easy to use. You could literally pull your phone out of your pocket right now and go shopping for car parts. So convenient. And they have the selection. Not only that, the most important thing to most people right now is saving your dollars. And the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. You won't be paying twice as much just because you're not a professional mechanic. The prices are always reliably low. And best of all, they're going to get delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com and don't forget to tell them Locked On sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We're back with our special guest, Marissa and Jemmy of the Seattle Times. And I want to ask, because this is going to be the first and last time we're going to be able to do this on this podcast and ask about what the vibe is like with this brand new expansion team in the city, what the fans are like, what the atmosphere is like, what the home opener is like. And then Scott had something that he wanted to bring up that I'm excited to discuss. Or is that all like one big question for me? (laughs) (laughs) well let's break it down let's break it down what are the fans like let's start with that like what's Seattle been like how how have fans embraced the team and and I mean people were kind of making fun of of fans and stuff like that but they seem really really excited they seem really really invested they seem really really knowledgeable and and also when they don't know something they seem to know what they don't know which is really really cool um, and I don't know, I'm just excited. And so I'm, I'm hoping that that's also what's actually going on. Like that's the reality in the city. Yeah. The fans are super cool. They're like, they've really embraced it. Like there's a lot of people who aren't even really big sports fans and they've just seen the excitement about the Kraken and they've decided like, Oh, hockey's going to be the sport that I get into. People really love it. Um, people are definitely learning. Um, that's part of like what we're doing at the newspaper is just like trying to make that education process easier and like yeah i've seen people like kind of like trying to dunk on the fans which is so lame like just like the gatekeeping stuff of like no one's allowed to enjoy anything ever unless it's specifically the way you enjoy it i hate that stuff but like it's been really cool that people out here have really um they they really want to be a part of it they really want to know how to be a hockey fan um people are learning the game people are enjoying the game even the parts they don't know about it people are asking questions and people are so nice about it too it's been really cool just like 
how people aren't like very demanding. They just want to know so that they can be a part of it because they're so excited. So it's way different vibes from anything I'm used to, but it's really been enjoyable to see. And you've covered hockey in a lot of the arenas in the league, almost all of them, right? Yeah, the only one I'm missing now is the New Islanders one, which no one has seen. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. <laughs> right. So like you've got a pretty good frame of reference. And that gate- gatekeeping thing is another thing that I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second because I am a fan of an original six team. I'm a fan of a team that uh, people have considered, you know, there, there, there have been courses taught at universities in Montreal about how the Canadians are a religion. And so like, it's, it's one of those places, it's one of those places, it's one of those cities where hockey is something that's always happening. Even if you're not a fan of the team, you know, what's going on and that kind of stuff. And I'm proud of that aspect of it, but it's also like, I think, I think that the problem with that is having that mentality that nobody else can enjoy it too, that, you know, a casual fan is not a fan or a new fan is not a fan, or you have to enjoy it the way that I enjoy it and things like that. So that's something that I really, really hate. I hate attendance shaming. I hate things like that as well. I don't like when, for example, to, you know, for another expansion team to draw on that is, you know, they have a lot of gimmicky stuff at their games, but that's Vegas, right? It's over the top. It's in your face. It's gaudy, but that's what they are. And fans love that. And I love seeing the fans enjoy that. I don't, you know, like it's, it's not something to, to laugh at them about. It's not something to sneer at. I, I find that if you really, really love hockey, then don't you want other people to get into the game and really enjoy it as well? Especially if you're going to be constantly complaining that, uh, you know, pe- like hockey doesn't get enough coverage or enough love in the in the big four sports and things like that. I just I, it really bothers me. Anyway, that's my soapbox. But I wanted to ask how the home opener went and um, what can you explain the banner thing because they they retired a banner and I was like I don't understand what this means. But also I was scrolling on my phone at the game. So um. yeah, they um they retired the number 32 for being the 32nd franchise and because they had uh I think it was 32,000 season ticket requests on the first like in the first hour, first day or something, which a lot of people on Twitter also were super weird about and it's like all right, like you don't have to love it. You can think it's kind of corny, but like how much of professional sports are corny? Like we're just like watching a bunch of men skate around and like getting really emotional about it. So <laughs> we can all get over ourselves a little bit. And that uh, people's reaction to that was super weird. Like I tweeted after, like, it's not like you were going to wear number 32 for the Seattle Kraken. So get over it. But the home opener was really cool. It was really nice to see. Like, I've only been out here about three months now. And it feels like it's been forever waiting for this to happen. I can't even imagine the people who have been waiting for this for over a decade. And uh, since it got announced and just people who have been like, just like waiting for so long for the NHL to be here, just like what a cathartic moment that must have been. Um, it was loud. Like if you heard on their broadcast, like the very um, goal horn, they have a super loud and the cheers for the first goal literally drowned it out. Like no one could hear it because people were so excited to see that happen. And just seeing that level of passion for people who it could be their first exposure to hockey or for some of them, it's their first ever team they've ever rooted for. Or for some people they've been waiting forever to have a team of their own and just to see like that come together for them was just like it was really cool because again that's something we're never really going to see again so it's one of those things that like you have to make an effort to step back and enjoy of like wow this is like amazing to just even be a small part of that i was gonna say because we're, we're on the subject of banners and fans and everything and watching uh hockey night in canada listening to the intermission jeff merrick brought up that Seattle is apparently at least thinking about, I don't know if they're actually going ahead with it, 
retire or raising a 1917 Seattle Metro's banner to the rafters uh, against the Canadians on Tuesday night. And because hockey is gatekeepy and filled with people who are going to get angry at this sort of thing, is that actually a thing that's going like, is that actually happening? Because I really need to know if I need to make popcorn and stare at Twitter uh, or not on that night, because the takes are going to be absolute. I don't really care one way or the other. Like it's not a big deal. I don't really care if the Kraken themselves didn't win it, but I know there's going to be a super unnecessary reaction on Twitter. And I'm very excited about it. So it's weird because like I didn't even hear about this being a thing until Laura texted me about it earlier. And then I went on Twitter and I saw this stuff from Jeff Merrick and I was like, all right, like if that happens, I think that would rule kind of. It would be nice to just like uh, tie in the hockey tradition in Seattle. I think that'll make people, um, newer fans closer to the game. I think um, just like having that kind of established there. Um, I think that's a good thing if they do. I think it would be super cool. Um, I have no idea if they're going to. Maybe they talked about it at the one practice I didn't go to today. Um, but it, it, I would love it if they did just to like tie in that history. I think that's such such a part of the story of the Seattle Kraken is that history and going back to the hockey roots that Seattle really did establish like very early in the history of pro hockey. So I would love it if they did that. So my stance on this as a Montreal Canadiens fan is that I'm all for Seattle doing it, embracing history and enjoying that, especially we as Canadians fans. Yes, it has been one continuous franchise since 1909, but we also look at those cups from way back then and celebrate them still. Uh, So it would be hypocritical for us not to kind of, you know, but when the Ottawa Senators do it, they should not be allowed. No fun allowed in Ottawa. So okay in Seattle, not okay in Ottawa. That is my official stance. I don't know. Scott, do you agree? Is that the official stance of the podcast? It is. It's hockey should be fun. This is fun. And it makes people, it makes the right kind of people angry. Therefore, I am all about it. There we go. And so, Marissa, I just want to say thank you so much. I know you're extremely busy right now. Um, and so I'm, I'm so, so grateful to you for fitting us into your schedule, especially uh, since we completely dropped it. Well, I dropped the ball, not not Scott. I dropped the ball and I thought the Seattle game was next week. So <laughs> I, I, I contacted you yesterday and I was like, can you come on? And you're like, yeah, I'll make time for you. So Oh, anything for you guys always. And uh, we feel the same way about you. Honestly, we're so, so grateful to you for your time. And this every time you come on the show, I have so much fun. So thank you so, so much. And if you want to find Marissa's work, it is at the literal Seattle Times. <laughs> she covers <laughs> the Seattle Kraken for the Seattle Times. And okay, so I'm going to let you do your Twitter thing because I know you have a whole spiel. Oh, God, um, my whole spiel is please don't turn on notifications for my tweets. I saw somebody did that the other day and I felt so bad. Um, <laughs> but it's at Marissa underscore and Jenny. And you don't have to follow me because I talk to myself and then sometimes other people chime in. But if you want to do that, like, feel free. And if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at LO underscore Canadians. You can always email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. If you'd like to find Scott on Twitter, he's at Scott Matla. If you want to find me, I'm at the active stick. You can also find me there on Instagram. A couple of our listeners have been asking mailbag questions on my personal Instagram. I don't mind if you do that. Just don't be weird about my pictures. Uh, and if you liked this show, make your second listen of the day. Locked on fantasy hockey with Scott Cullen, one of the best in the business, and he'll help you set your lineups. And thank you so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow 
uh, hopefully recapping a win. <laughs> Thank you so much.